0: Are we on yeah let's go welcome to another episode of the Uru labs podcast from Bengaluru ever complained how bad our cities are how bad your communities you will get to hear from people who are working to solve these problems in their own way right this is your weekly soapbox for urban sustainability so do not forget to like subscribe and share this video so you can learn more today on the show we will be speaking with Srinivas Alaveli, For more than a decade that I have known him, he has been in the public change-making sphere. He's had stints with political parties, civil societies and non-profits. His experience in working at the urban local level, uh, both government and civil society, makes him a very good repository of experience. So let's pick his brains today. Welcome to the show, Srinivas
1: Thank you. Happy to be in Huru Labs and what a great name you found, Satya.
0: <laughs> well, I try my best to get more people to watch uh, and listen to people like you. I'd like to start with this uh, very interesting question: Does governance dec- decentralization
1: work? Of course, it does, and uh, that's the only way governance can actually work because uh, it's a <coughs> it's, just, it's a huge country, and even in the smallest of the countries, decentralization is the only way things works because you know it's the the underpinning of decentralization is the subsidiarity, right? So the things, uh, people that are closest to the problem are best equipped to solve the problem. So that is the theoretical basis on which decentralization rests. And uh, the, the way to uh, imagine whether decentralization worked or not is to just look a couple of years back and what happened during the COVID pandemic. Mm. Uh, Satya, if you remember in the early days of pandemic, we used to say India has 1000 cases You know, Madhya Pradesh is red, Tamil Nadu is green and Odisha is blue, you know, color coding at a state level. And pretty soon the states told the central government that, you know, can you please stop giving us color coding because we know how to do color code ourselves better. And then they started doing, okay, uh, Davanagare is red and Hubli is green and all of that. And then Hubli said, stop giving color code to Bangalore, the state capital. And said, let us deal with our own color coding. And then they went one notch below. And you know what I'm talking about. Eventually, we got to a state where within Bangalore, in how many cases in Jainagar, how many people need to be in quarantine. That's the only way the country uh, figured out how to best respond to covid it took a while and we lost a lot of people a lot of damage is done it's an unprecedented crisis but uh, i would say without any iota of doubt that decentralization has saved the day the the people in the positions of power have resisted decentralization for various reasons but they could no longer resist during COVID. And uh, the necessity is the mother of all inventions. So from that perspective, I've seen decentralization really work. And so everybody's calling me, how do we create ward level war rooms? How do we create ward level, you know, strategy for uh, containment and uh, PHC strengthening, all of these lingo and and, uh, language and narrative about uh, empowering local healthcare systems, local governance systems, uh, they were all theoretical and wishful thinking from people like you and me earlier. But during COVID, they became necessity for people to actually manage the crisis. And in the process, they realized. And I'm happy to share with your listeners that the ward committees in Bengaluru have not stopped after the COVID. They started before COVID and after COVID, they, they gained strength until today. Every month, twice a month, ward committee meetings happen. There are some pluses and minuses. Not all wards have the same experiences. But Bengaluru continues to be the only city that has ward committees happening twice a month, every month. The other example I would like to cite is Mumbai. The Mumbai commissioner uh, who became quite uh, famous for the way he handled the COVID in the mega city of Mumbai. the One of the first things he did is to remove the centralized call center and, and create a 28 ward level a call centers. In Mumbai, they have administrative wards, though there are so many municipal wards. Administratively, they have 28 wards. He's created 28 war rooms instead of one central BMC war room. He said, without that, it's not possible to handle. This. So, and and we know that, you know, Mumbai has handled COVID pretty well. So uh, we've held several discussions with city administrators in Gauhati, in Surat, in Kochi, in Boneshwar, Katak. Everywhere, the city commissioners and administrators have found value in engaging community and pushing the governance down to the level of a municipal ward. And that's how they're able to address this. And, and I'm happy to note that those learnings continue till date. The Bengaluru city government has now started allocating funds to the tune of 2 crores per year per ward. And who who controls these 2 crores? The ward committee. The ward committee can decide how to spend the 2 crores. So this wouldn't have happened without the experience they had in ward committee. All of us have been begging, asking, pleading for this kind of things. But COVID has actually made it real for them. So yes, decentralization works, working. And there is no other option but satellite to manage our cities, particular. I want to come back to the ward and its definition,
0: and how close, uh, how how small is good, and what is optimal. I I know there isn't a perfect answer, but I think we can, by experience, say this works and this does. But what was powerful in what you said was the people closest to the problem have the best chance of solving it. I think that's a very powerful sentence that people need to understand. Is that sitting somewhere, trying to think? Yes, you can make up some strategies and frameworks but actually execution and the ability to pull off certain things i think uh, is possible only when you're close to the ground and there are two two or three questions that arises out of this right one question is you said for reasons best known to them they are drawn to centralization Mm -hmm. right you know in our constitution we are not truly a federal structure we are unitary in nature there is extinguishability the president rule is a good example of extinguishability there is no such thing in truly federal countries but nevertheless we have the some semblance of decentralization in the lists that are made up and the 74th and 73rd amendments and trying to get it as far as possible so there is some amount of tools available to say constitutionally i can do that now the question yes. then is even as people keep pulling back like this was passed the 74th Amendment, which for the viewers is is the uh, uh, urban local body powers to urban local body that has been given in that one was passed in 1992. It took almost 25 years for us to do some experiments in Bangalore with you at the helm and a few other cities. There are hardly a handful of cities. I think, you know, must be using the powers of 74th Amendment and making good good use of it. Right. So my question then is, will the pull will. This effort of trying to govern at the ward level, even though you say decentralization works, will we be able to successfully govern at the ward level despite the pull towards the center? How long do you think it will take for us to establish practices that say what level governance is now a reality? How many more years is all I'm saying 25. We've made starts. At least in Bengaluru, I don't know about the other cities. You have been to many cities. Tell me a little bit about what committees and things in other cities.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question, and I I doubt if anyone has a, a good answer to that. But uh, you know, it's a it's a natural progression of uh, democracy and and public participation in democracy. Also, uh, also so some years ago, because of information asymmetry and lack of political understanding you know you hired people that are trying to make things work and out of goodwill and you know wanting to do public good uh, problem solving and try to latch on to whoever will uh, go work on this you know when 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 you were uh, uh, driving the suburban train you identified few mp's and few key people that might uh, take the agenda forward and that's the right approach for that time and uh, as as time progresses the number of people that are interested in in governance is also increased slowly but surely. right? It's a mass loss hierarchy. Once you have your own personal needs and family needs met, now you start looking at a greater public good and, and putting your time and energy into it. The number of the percentage of people that will do this is always going to be minuscule, but uh, minuscule itself is pretty big in a big city like Bengaluru with 14 million population. So my guess is today, if you ask me, compared to 10 years ago, there's at least 10,000 people that are seriously interested in the local governments. 10 years ago, that number would have been 500 or a thousand. So you probably uh, have different uh, perspective on it, but you generally agree that the number of people interested have increased. A lot of people are uh, taking on self governance. Uh, The community living that has come in, the apartment communities or the housing communities, they all started uh, associating, forming associations. There is a secretary and there is a president and there is a treasurer. And they manage the waste, they manage the water and all of that. Many of these times uh, they are filling the gaps in the service provision of the municipal government. There is no water connection. So how do we bring water? How do we, we, uh, you know, pool our resources? to buy the water in the most optimal way and use it in the most optimal way. And how do we save the rainwater so we can buy less water? So these are the motivations that led to citizens forming communities and associations. What happened in my opinion is that the longer these associations uh, existed and people got experience running the affairs of their own community, they, they started asking questions about the role of the government and the public institutions and what are the things that they are supposed to do and why are we doing this Is in a, from a frustration point of view and from a very positive point of view, how can we strengthen our ward level governance? Because nobody lives in isolation. You can't, uh, you know, like they say, the traffic and mosquitoes are socialist. Everybody will be bit by them. It's, you cannot hide away or run away from this. So uh, a, a percentage of people that have come forward proactively to be the apartment federation Presidents and secretaries have started taking interest in the larger municipal corporation and governance. And people had no idea that certain laws govern the way cities are run. Why you are getting a building permit without getting a water connection. And why you are building uh, an apartment in a place where there was a lake once. And we didn't know anything about it. And now we saw last year what happened with the... Uh, really affluent people having their expensive cars floating in flat water, right? So these things have shocked people because they never bothered to understand these things. And now they are beginning to understand that. So all of these things are propelling towards better governance. The people that are involved in it may not use the uh, governance language or the policy language of decentralization, what committees and all the things that we like to Uh, explain things away, but they are coming at it from a rights point of view. I'm a citizen. I'm paying taxes. Where is my water? Why is my road so bad? So this is where the genesis of uh, civic activism lies. And some of them are now finding comfort in, you know, gathering other people. Like it's become much easier now. to identify other people that are interested in the same thing that you are interested in when you started suburban train you probably found 10 other people like me who were willing to talk about it but today if you want to talk about it there'll be a thousand people on a twitter space tonight if you want to discuss that right and the fact that you're doing this podcast with so many people tells you that you know there is a more currency for the ideas and interest in these things so all of these factors are leading towards a better conversation and better avenues for participation. People have moved beyond, oh, everything sucks, this city is so bad, horrible, and all of that too. What can we do in our little community? How can that you know, uh, protect our children, our environment, our future? And there is a sense of pride in the community and the city and the realization that uh, uh, basic things like waste management and rainwater harvesting are best done at a community level or even a household level. And people are realizing that these uh, drops make the big ocean and the communi- community narratives and leadership shown by various individuals and uh, civic organizations, nonprofits have significantly increased the literacy, civic literacy of people. So these are the signs that I see, trends that I see. Uh, there is also the ecosystem of uh, the politics and um, you know all the people that thrive in the rent-seeking economy and Bengaluru being a, a mega city with a lot of real estate development, an explosion of growth, which means the politics is driven by real estate and not by, you know, public interest, right? So these are the opposite forces. But even those forces, I think, are now realizing that, you know, this is a, a golden goose that we have we should take the eggs out but we should not kill the geese itself that will be a disaster for everybody so now if you if i listen to in this election season every politician worth her salt will say in public forums that bengaluru needs public transport we need to improve our footpaths we need more cycles you know they use these languages and metaphors and and terms that are music to our ears and that is a success of the collective advocacy of people and the ground level You know, demand creation that happened over the years that even they are realizing that recently the deputy chief minister, ex-deputy chief minister and a very prominent minister in the current government said, I really don't know why we should charge for the bus. Maybe we should consider making bus free. That's the solution for. uh, Yeah. So I just (laughs) fell off the chair because (laughs) we have a huge debate going on about freebies and this and that. And a very responsible person in in a party that is not known for. Such uh, subsidies, he's saying this. So that means the thought process has kicked in and, and whether it will happen or not, it's a really good thing because it means that the conversations in the power corridors are at least occupied by some of this. And that that is a very good thing to build on. And uh, the last thing I want to add to this is the speed of adaptation of new ideas, new thinking, new way of doing things has exponentially increased. We Mm -hmm. can primarily thank WhatsApp for that and other social media. But the moment an idea comes in, everybody knows about it before the next hour is done, right? If it has the power in that idea. So these things are what are causing the narratives to change and discussions to happen. So I, while it took 24 years for people to realize decentralization, what companies and all of that, I'm not uh, thinking that it's going to take that much time for it to build up. It's going to happen quickly. COVID has uh, has accelerated it because of certain reasons. And now, if you know, if you look at healthcare, for example, the government is, you know, the language of the government we will build 243 more primary health care centers. Why 243? There are 243 wards. Oh. So they're saying, I will build one more primary health care center per ward while we already have existing primary. So this is the uh, the telling sign that uh, people that are in decision-making powers, budget uh, allocation powers are looking at it, breaking down the problem. Earlier, they would have said, I'll build one super speciality hospital with 500 beds. That's the language of healthcare, right? Now we're talking... 243 number clinics. This is the victory. This is a very positive sign in my
0: opinion. That's a beautiful example of how the thinking has changed to micro and close. That's a that's a very powerful way you said that. I want to come back to uh, not so clean ways of decentralization. We The, the ward Committee is the defined constitutional way of decentralization. But you've seen this XXX rising. I change XXX in each and every community (laughs) these kind of groups are coming up which are standing up for those communities and they are doing a good job of holding people accountable to do something for them right so there is and then of course we have the nonprofit civil society ecosystem uh, like the citizens for Bengaluru and a few others CFOS and all of the all of these all of these kind of things that were there which are pan Bangalore kind of examples now how do you see this progressing? Of course, there will be an evolution is. Do you think we should move towards the formal ward committee way of doing these things and this civil society ecosystem won't exist at some point in time? Or do you think they can coexist and still lend power to the formal structure? Because it's not always that the formal structure works the way it was defined. Yeah. Uh, And that's the reason people say that why do we need civil society to do some of the things that uh, government should be doing because they are not doing it and we can't keep Mm. waiting on them to do. So you Mm. see. So where do you see that story going? Will this will this continues to exist? And how do you see this NGO, RWAs kind of uh, structure lending? More power to the decentralized way of functioning. Oh,
1: that's a that's a fantastic uh, question and, and the thought process behind it. Right. So two three points I would like to uh, say in response to this. Number one, it is heartening to see the eye change star star and star star rising and you know all of that right it's just phenomenal it's just an expression of interest in governance i look at it like that and every time i i see a new handle with something rising nallur halli rising or btm rising namma btm namma jayanagar any of these things it just makes me feel very happy that means somebody has crossed the personal into community they figured out that okay you know i can be a hero and try to fix the footpath in front of my house or i can gather five other people and try to do something for the community that is leadership that is a community and i hope that in a in a, a real democracy where politics uh, the the barriers to entry for politics are removed many of these people that have uh, pioneer these uh, risings and change organizations they should be entering the you know politics at the city level they should be the municipal councilors and corporators that may be a few years away from us because of prevailing political conditions but uh, it's a very positive sign that the organizing of the community voices into a, a brand into a, a community is a is a living happening thing i think I stopped counting, but, you know, recently uh, when I tried to organize some signature petition for people to support another civil society organization that was, uh, you know, that was under trouble because of a protest that they did, I was stunned with the overwhelming response of all the other risings and civil society organizations that signed that letter in support of this one organization, which is in one corner of Bengaluru, but everybody came up together and said, You know, this should not be done and they should be uh, protected and and supported. And that's the spirit of community ownership and, uh, you know, working together. So that is a great thing. Now, the formal structures for institutional participation in governance, there is no alternative to that. These are not either or in my view. An apartment community or a residential community tends to be heterogeneous. Mm -hmm. While we are very happy with a lot of these communities forming registered bodies or civic civic movements, citizen movements that come under umbrellas to solve a particular problem, whatever. But they tend to be homogeneous. They tend to be people that that are from the same socioeconomic background. They think alike. And there are also a lot of uh, worrisome things. Many apartments, for example, have banned the delivery uh, boys from using the elevator, for example. Or the domestic help should use a different elevator than the residents. So discrimination, all kinds of other nonsense also happens and all it takes is five people in the management committee to pass a resolution and that becomes the rule so there is there is a, a danger of that and this is perhaps reminds me of what you said in the beginning you know the constitution and the initial days of uh, india's uh, federal structure it is said that you know though i am not i i am not very well versed with the historical facts Uh, Dr. Ambedkar, who's many credit uh, for the structure of governance and constitution and federal structure and all of that, though he's a big fan of uh, federal structure, he was not at all a fan of empowering the local governments at the city and the village level because of the feudal structures that lay. And he feared that if you empower the feudal uh, structures, then they will use that power to suppress the voices and, and the, you know, the people continue to be excluded. That's why he kept more powers at the state government level. And this is sometimes it it, it uh, rears its head today. In the example that I gave you, how some people come together and stop, uh, you know, the uh, uh, people from uh, participating in the, uh, you know, uh, uh, using the elevator in the apartments and, and things like that right So therefore we have to be a little careful that when you when we say there is community leadership rising and change and all that it doesn't mean that they're right there are many and I remember a conversation with you all in CFOs uh, how you try to work with the footpaths and street vendors and try to you know create a, a working environment for them so they they're not excluded but they're also part of the community and they're given respect and space to to be part of the street right. And that is missing in many of the communities that I visit. Can you get rid of these vendors, please? And as if it's the you know biggest crime that they have. And while the, the street vendors have rights too, there's a street vendor act and there is all kinds of things. It's the shopkeepers that occupy the footpaths, but the general opinion that many of the resident associations have is that if the Panipuri vendor, that's a problem, which is sometimes it could be the problem blocking the footpath, but largely it isn't. And, and they are the ones that are, patronizing these vendors. So why is that vendor there? Because he is a part of that community himself, right? So these are the conversations that cannot happen in a uh, contained environment. They need to happen at a more, you know, heterogeneous environment. A ward as a unit of governance is beautiful in my view, because India is very big on mixed use res- communities, right? Yeah. We are probably the, one of the few countries where there is you know, expensive homes and very expensive cars and right next door, you can have the 10 rupee idli and 5 rupee coffee, all of that. Right. And the community works like it It is in Bangalore, in my opinion, is going in the wrong direction with more and more, you know, ghettoization or, you know, uh, creating of these islands uh, within the city, especially in the outskirts, not in inside. So therefore the ward is equalized. The municipal Mm -hmm. ward brings everybody together. And the, the reason I am such a big fan of ward committees, particularly the karnataka's definition of ward committees it is by definition by law Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. inclusive the ward committee is supposed to have women by law it's supposed to have representatives of scst it's supposed to have representatives of resident community resident welfare associations Mm -hmm. so you cannot you cannot do something in ward committee that doesn't reflect reflect the opinion of the overall population of that ward if it works as per the law right technically the corporator or the councillor is chairing the ward committee and he or she has the benefit of advice from all the community members representing different sections of the society. So today what happens in the absence of ward committee, those that have access and it's happening right now in the context of elections. Oh, we have uh, 200 apartments, we have that means we have 500 votes. So therefore you, you give us this and then our entire community will vote for you. The negotiation is happening like this in Bengaluru, places like this. We, we without a resort, India. Yeah, yeah. With, <laughs> in Hyderabad, and <laughs> this is this will be amusing to some of you that may not have heard this. They are saying, and this is in the mainstream news media, and uh, first time I read it, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. They're saying, you are buying votes. You are giving 2,000 rupees per vote in the low-income neighborhood. You're not giving us anything. So you give us uh, an extra lift. You build a swimming pool for us inside the community and then we'll pass a resolution that all our votes will go or even worse our apartment has violated certain building bylaws so we are in the dock for it so now if you become the mla or the corporator you promise to remove what is that called regularize the sakrama 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 five our hour So, this is a trend that is, you know, so all of this indicates that people are realizing the power they have in terms of aggregation of votes. My theory is that if the aggregation of votes is used for more, uh, you know, things that are for the common good, then the governance outcomes will be better. But if you use it for selfish reasons, then you will continue to grow the inequality and uh, the society will not go in the right direction. So, I want more risings and more I change my area kind of organizations and I want all of them to understand that the formal structure is the ward committee. So let's say in a given ward there are 10 I changes and uh, 5 residential communities. I want them to be now attending the ward committees on behalf of that community and that's how they will know what is happening outside their four walls, their compound wall and then more and more people like Bengaluru Apartment Federation uh, has a policy now that they work beyond that apartment. They started out as an apartment federation to look after their interest, But now they, work, they are one of the most uh, prominent uh, members of ward committees everywhere. They attend the ward committee meetings wherever they are. And not just to represent their apartment, but to represent the interests of citizens in the ward. So this is a positive sign for me. People with access to power, access to politicians, access to high-level officials will always make a call and send a WhatsApp and get things done. But that is not going to create a a better street or a better uh, ward for us. What will create a better street is when the city resources, particularly the budget of the city, percolates down to the ward and the citizens are monitoring the public works that are happening and holding the local ward engineers. Uh, we, when, when we say city government, we stop at, uh, mayor, commissioner, uh. chief engineer, but they barely do anything on the ground. They are at a, at a, you know, uh, Bengaluru. I often like to say Satya that if you look at the list of countries on Wikipedia by population, you, you walk down that list and stop at like 58 or 60, look at the population of that country. It will be less than Bangalore. So, what does that mean? Bangalore will be a, 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 as big as a country in the top 50 countries in the world. So, these are the people that are running that little country. So, you can't expect them to fix a pothole or a footpath. You will die. You know, the, the commissioner's job in Bangalore is the most difficult in the entire world, in my opinion. Probably more complicated than a CM or a PM in terms of stress levels and all of that. So, therefore, you need to work with the zonal level, engineers' ward level. Uh, health inspectors, ward level engineers. A lot of people have no idea who they are. All they like to, many of them will go on Twitter and say, Modi ji, please fix my pothole. Modi ji, we have this. Or, Bamai ji, can you solve this? Or, dear BBMP commissioner, your team sucks. But there is an administrative mechanism next door within half a kilometer from you. There's a ward office. There's an ex- assistant executive engineer. There's a sanitation inspector. There's a health inspector. There's a revenue officer. All these people job is to make your life better work with them and that's what yeah. committee so if you want to work with them in a sustainable predictable fashion then what if you want to do one-off thing make a complaint and go away then that's a different story but if you want to stick around and work you know over a period of time then what committee is You know, there is no other alternative so we while uh so that's why i i'm really a big uh um you know, a fan of ward companies and, you know, it, I made it my life mission to make everybody understand what committees and try to, you know, create a, a conscience of people that are not just going to the ward companies, but promote what in this, Correct. in this election season, I'm, I'm urging all these people to ask any candidate or political party to, uh, you know, commit to strengthening what committees. but if you come to power, I don't want a road from you. I don't want you to fix my water problem. I want you to fix what committee because mm. that will fix all my other problems. So this is the a kind of uh, message we're trying to communicate, and uh, the politicians are very happy to get point issues. You know, know, you want to fix this; I'll fix it. Done, right? But you want to fix the governance, you want to fix the structure. That's more complicated. That means letting go of some power. So there's going got to be this friction, but it is you know in that direction that we should proceed. I think.
0: Yeah, to, uh, I mean, to be fair, to Ambedkar, he did he must have envisioned that after 72 amendments, you will get around to knowing that we have matured enough (laughs) to be, so you can't do everything on first day, right? Yeah. So we were, there were so many different pieces. They got together and everything. He said, okay, I can see till the state now, maybe after 72 amendments in 1992 you he said that to yeah,
1: do yeah i think he'll, uh, it's, no, it's so a living what? document it is it mm-hmm. is so
0: at least he opened it enough to say that when you get the maturity as a country to be able to decentralize even further you have the ability to do it so do it then you can't keep going back to 1947 and thinking he didn't see far enough yes at that point in time with all the zamindari system around he was afraid and it was useful to centralize but then you can't hold on to that and said we centralize we centralize of course you have to centralize you have to build the country mm-hmm. but I mean once you centralize it's very difficult to let go so yeah you worked, might have right? stretched and, it a little and, more
1: and centralization worked to that extent it worked. we are it still we're still a thriving democracy we're the world's largest democracy and nobody gave a chance the country to stay together for this long and we did and we are just yeah, doing yeah. great yeah and and some
0: people will have hold, will hold on to centralization a little more than normal i, I don't deny that even now we are fond of centralization uh, if if you really a, fan of not being centralized. I think it's time to decentralize coming back to the ward committees, It's very interesting that you brought out that point, right? I I also call the ward engineers here to get small issues fixed, but making these ward committees work might be a good example uh, uh, to, to, to set now, the powers of the ward committee. Of course, again, let's put the disclaimer that it is all evolving more than it working. You can always complain that it is not working. Yes, of course, it is not. But now the point is, how do we make it work for us? And how do we you you have to literally make it work? Because I know that while the commissioner is trying his best and it's the hardest job and all that really at the ward level, the incentives are broken for the AWE to do anything for you. They just. It's it's historical. It's not that he wanted to do that, but he has been he or she has been held, captured by corporators, MLAs and everybody. And in fact, I have heard stories from people, not myself, but of saying that some of the ward, ward engineers they directly go to the MLA. They don't even go to the commissioner for anything. So these kind of perverse incentives are there. Many people have abused the system so far. Now we need to fix all of those things uh how do you then make the what committees work and why is this what committee so important that we are talking about it for the whole thing and it's useful that it's made it you've made it a life mission because that's why i'm talking to you is because it's a repertoire of knowledge that you have built in engaging with these people on what is broken what works we know what needs to work we will continue to do to fix the things that is broken, what is the kind of commitment from the public that is required? Yes, you might give up after some of them might give up, saying it's not working. I'm going home. What kind of support structure can we form that can help people? I know you had put some structures together where we can help you hold a what committee or I don't know what you had tried to do, but can we create more organizations or an organizations or a template of? Do you want to participate in your ward committee? Which ward are you at? You're not getting in. They're not listening to you. How can we help? Is there a call set? What kind of frameworks can we build to make this ward committee work, you think?
1: Yeah, that's a great question and something that I've thought long and hard about. And, you know, and, and if you always uh, being uh, sometimes when you uh, are looking at the whole city, you know, you get to see the bird's eye view on why certain wards do so well and why certain other wards struggle. And certain other wards, absolutely nothing happens, right? So you, uh, for a period of time, you try to analyze the reasons and the conditions in which things uh, happen well, and conditions that uh, that do this thing. The the there are two parts to this. One is uh, due to your question. The first part is about the uh, engineers and the uh, you know incentive system and how it works, right? Uh, some somebody who is an engineer in uh, you know say a Padmavatnagar ward. A municipal bbmp engineer might have come from kolar or you know some other mm-hmm. chick somewhere else and as a transfer into the role they might come in here and absolutely no idea about how a big city works and what committees or corporation anything like that so urban governance uh, the staffing of urban governance is a fundamental problem that we have recruiting training capacity building performance evaluation there's approximately of staff shortage in municipal corporations of India, not Bangalore, not Karnataka of India, everywhere in India. As per the government's own estimates of how many people are needed, there's nearly 50% uh, things. Uh, Janagraha, where I worked earlier, has done extensive studies on this to understand the staff shortages and uh, the flaws in the system of uh, recruiting and uh, training and capacity building of uh, municipal staff and innovative ways of addressing this issue for example shared uh, staff for example uh, can be used the um, you know the the neighborhood gram panchayats may have an engineer who she may not be fully occupied because a smaller area of jurisdiction can that person be used as a shared resource across some wards and you know things like that and of course, the government recruitment is a completely flawed process because of uh, you know, various political issues, which we, we probably shouldn't get into today, but uh, there's a huge recruitment problem. And then the political uh, system thrives on caste and promotions and transfers. This is a whole ecosystem. Somebody who's becoming a, a, a big official in Bangalore City has paid her way into it. Mm. (laughs) It's not recognized for some great technological or interventions, but got into that seat by doing something that is illegal and unethical. So what do you expect them to do in the period that they have available here? That's why you have the loka yuktas and the systems like that. And people are stunned when they see a, a town planner gets caught with 50 crores you know, under the bed, right? But you know, all of us know that this is the political economy and this is the way the system works. So there, that's a much bigger nut to crack. So now, while that is about reform in political system and reform in administrative system and even the judicial system to dispose of, many of the people that are caught with these uh, bribes or uh, corruption cases, they get suspended for six months and go right back. And now they have a badge of honor somebody will respect them for being caught. Justice Anto Shekhde, who we all know used to say that I don't understand one thing. When I catch somebody and their name is in the paper, how do they become more famous? Everybody wants to marry their son or daughter. (laughs) This is how our society is becoming, right? So these are much, much complicated issues about, uh, you know, um, value and, uh, you know, what you call uh, uh, morality and things like that, that uh, beyond the scope of our discussion. So that is on one side. On the other side, so, how do you create uh, uh, an agency? How do you create a, a conscience for people that are strengthening what companies? Okay. So, this is again as part of my work uh, with uh, the Janagraha uh, team uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, what we try to do is create a, a balaga, a ward samiti balaga, a balaga. Uh, as you know, in Kannada means uh, a society or a union yeah. or a, you know, a, 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 a unit of people that are uh, community, unit unity, right? So the idea is these people will lobby for reforms in the way what committees are done, how members are recruited, uh, what information is available to what committee, is the agenda fixed, are the action items followed up, if the if the commissioner says every word say gets two crores, how much of the two crores we spent six months down the year, did we spend one crore or 30 lakhs? Nobody knows. The systems don't exist for that. The minutes of the meeting, it's been a huge struggle to get the minutes going. It's been a huge struggle to get the meeting happen on a fixed date and time, which is now settled. It's a settled story now, but it has been a huge struggle to get the ward committee meeting happen every first Saturday at 10 a.m. in the ward office, it sounds very simple. But it's it's a it's a magical thing to have happened because otherwise they would say oh this this month what we'll company Thursday 24th, 5 p.m next month it is 21st in somebody's house next month in a park this won't work you need uh-huh. you need to make it uh, the cadence and the time and location fixed. So that's one hurdle that's been crossed. And through these organizations called Balaga, today we have Belagavi Ward Samiti Palaga, Mangaluru Ward Samiti Palaga, Hubli Ward Samiti Palaga and Karnataka Ward Samiti Palaga, which just went to the press club in Bengaluru and, and put in a bunch of demands to all the political parties saying, if you come to power, all we right. want you to increase the size of the ward committees. We want you to make the accounts of the ward committees transparent. All of that. Right. So that is at a policy advocacy level. You need a set of people, not just your voices like you and me here and they're talking, but a group of people, large group of people in every city corporation to begin with. We have 10, 12 city corporations in Karnataka. So we, are, we have took that approach and that seems to be going well. We have to see where it goes. At a ward level, like what you were saying, the engineer is not motivated. He or she has come from wherever and he knows that my tenure is two years. I make the most of my time and I get out here. Right. And I he lives 20 kilometers away from your ward. So the, the pain you are experiencing is not the pain his family is experiencing or his children is experiencing. So these are the practical problems that we have. You can't say that your engineer has to be living in that. But there is this is why our constitution is also great. You know, one thing that people don't realize is that where, where is the prime minister uh, member of parliament from? Which city? He's from Gujarat, right? Correct. Originally, right? Mm-hmm. But he's a member of parliament from, two times is one from Varnasi. He represents Varnasi in the parliament. Rahul Gandhi, the opposition leader, is a member of parliament from Kerala. Neither of them were born in that state. They live, ever lived in the state, but they are. So that is the power of our constitution. You, Satya, can become a parliament member from Rajasthan. Nobody can stop you. Okay. You can become an MP Lok Sabha from Rajasthan. Similarly, you can become an MLA from Dawan in Karnataka. Okay. You you are, you are registered voter in Karnataka. So you can be an MLA in any of the assembly constitutions in Karnataka. Done. You are allowed to do that. All right. And then now take a step back. Now you cannot be a corporator of Dawan You have to be a resident of Daoanagiri to be the corporator of Daoanagiri. That's Uh, the political system. Now, within Daoanagiri, within Bengaluru, you can be corporator of any of the wards. So, what this means is the political leaders are closer to the people. That's why the corporators know every nook and corner of this. And even by law, the members of the ward committee must be in the voter list of that ward. No two ways about it. You cannot be living in Nagar and come to the ward Committee of Jainagar. You can come as an observer, sit in the back and listen, but you have no rights in that ward. Only those that are in Jainagar. So this is the local uh, power comes into picture. Who does the local politician want to please or impress upon and be in good books of the local voters? You know, your MLA doesn't care what I think. My MLA doesn't care what you think, but they, they care what I think and, you know, same thing, right? So that's why the accountability over the ward engineers has to always come from the political leadership which is the uh, ward corporators they are the ones that are asking you for your vote and they are the and what is the purpose of uh, political uh, leadership in our country to hold the officials accountable uh-huh. the politicians are not expected to be engineers or scientists or doctors or any of that They are ordinary people. In fact, they have no educational qualifications are needed. Any adult can become an MLA or even a prime minister. So what is their job then? Their job is to make the administrative mechanism work and hold accountable. And if an engineer doesn't work, get them out of there, write to the commissioner. And I know so many uh, corporators and MLAs that got rid of the municipal engineers and health inspectors due to lack of uh, action. Unfortunate reality is that they get transferred somewhere else. They don't get really removed out of the service due to other uh, problems we have in our uh, uh, model. But often I see that people are removed and transferred out when the political leaders of that particular locality hear enough from the citizens that if your engineer is not working well, you can ask him nicely once or twice. After that, you just go to the political leadership and you go as a group. You take 100 signatures and say you want this engineer out. And I guarantee you that 90 out of 100 times that person will be out because the, the, the political leader realizes that I don't want to alienate all of these citizens and voters of my board. So this that's how uh, you can you can uh, hold the local system accountable to you. And when you are present in the board committee, and, and one thing that we often uh, underestimate is the pride that the officials have in doing good work. There are a lot of health inspectors that take great pride in how much ward, how much waste is generated in my ward, how many black spots are there in my ward. You call them and they will immediately clear that and, and argue with you that, no, this morning the truck came in, you must have missed it. We've sent it, we did all the mustering, everybody has done the job. So they actually have a pride. And usually what they hear is brick brats and criticism all the time. They never hear any positive things. In our entire city, there's actually a lot of things that work very well. But the focus naturally will be on whatever is broken and not what is working. Now, imagine a city with 1.4 crore people, 14 million people. It largely works. Even today, it works. Yes, we have congestion. Yes, we have problems. But every morning, the garbage works. Water comes and, you know, there are nice trees and and the bus system works with whatever problems that happen. But we never talk about that. We don't appreciate their efforts. We don't give them a pat on the back. So there's this antagonistic relationship that comes in. So what the magic that happens in good ward committees is a camaraderie between the citizens and the local officials. And and I'm sitting in some of these WhatsApp groups and these discussions. When citizens and the ward officers become one unit and take pride in that local area, magic happens, Satya. And I've seen it happen. Right. They're like, Let's get it done. Let's make our world do it. Let's fix this problem, right? That kind of thing comes in. And when people are sitting across a table, it is much different than a message on a WhatsApp or some tweet or some other way of communication, because now you have human to human contact. And those people know that these are our residents. They are not out here to get us. They know that, mm. you know, we also have challenges and anyone who's engaged in the civic space knows that it's most challenging job to do. It's not some, yeah. you know, they're not just lazy. They're actually, you know, the, the BBMP engineers who I work with a lot more nowadays with the uh, WRI work and all of that. I know how hard they work. They don't sleep. They don't have a weekend. Yeah. They don't have a concept of a holiday. They're yeah. always working. You, yeah. can, you can argue whether they're prioritizing or not, but they're always working. They're always on the field. And, you know, they're experiencing the heat and the dust and the pollution, all of that. So that kind of appreciation comes when you, Get to work with them, meet them often, you know, understand their side of the story. Then, you know, consensus builds. I think,
0: I think the amount of work that it takes to actually be on the road for whole days at a stretch, going <laughs> here and there, the amount of energy it needs. Yeah. you will be like pooped at the end of the day, but they keep going. The average lifespan
1: of traffic constables in Bangalore is 50, 55, something like that. that That's sad. pretty scary. Very sad. It is.
0: Yeah. And we want to put more fumes into their nose. Uh, yeah. so we and the bus drivers. Can you
1: imagine being a bus driver for half a day, Satya? In this oh, city? no. Half a absolutely day. Absolutely not. You will run, even, you'll I, open I the door even, and
0: run away. I know. I can't even be in the car for half
1: a day anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> they, they sit in the
0: whole eight hours in a bus in this traffic, continuously back and forth for their entire shift. My God, these things on the ground appear when you're sitting in an office, appear very easy, but it is not. But nevertheless, quality can be improved. Things can be done better. But like you said, I never give my taxi driver a five star rating, but the minute he doesn't show up, I'm willing to complain and beat him up for what it is. (laughs) B2C is always like that. Consumers like to complain more to fix things that are not going well, rather than keep giving kudos. But once in a while kudos is required for all of these people for what they are doing. And there are good, there are black sheep, a lot more black sheep, but uh, there are things that we can fix on that note. I think uh, I want to hear some parting thoughts on how you what what is the thing going forward and how do you see this i want to come back to you some other show and talk a little more about the drawbacks and other things point specific Mm -hmm. things that we can fix but if you want to kind of tell the viewers i think we've heard a lot from you on how the what committee should be made to work and where it has come so far and how it has come Uh, where do you see this in uh, the next five years uh, or 10 years from now I mean these are long time frames but still 5 to 10 years now like you said it can grow exponentially it need not take 25 years anymore it can just can be a j-curve going forward if enough number of people come together right you are asking for the politicians to support I heard that uh, to say that I'll make what committees work what can the the star star RWAs that are forming civil society people who are complaining today uh, about the state of the roads and uh, all of these things. How do we channelize that energy into making ward committees? Of course, the star star collaborators can play the political part that you said. I think one of the department associations already formed a party and they are trying to contest some corporate, so so that since the people can go on the political side, the administrative piece of the ward committee still needs to. We have determined that the ward level is some good unit of uh, measure any any uh, specific apart from staffing and capacity building are the decision making powers still there no the, the bbmp head office still has to sign on papers and call the shots. there still has to be tenders issued only over there what committees cannot issue their own wards? ward officers cannot have pnl responsibilities they still i mean i'm sure it will come but what are your checklists what are your top five things that i you think in the next five years
1: need to be done the law needs to be strengthened, first and foremost. It has already been strengthened. The BBMP Act has come in. Uh. We're talking specifically about Bengaluru now. So, for example, uh. after the next BBMP election, which is expected uh. in the next few months, after the you know, current assembly elections are done, uh. you are supposed to get zonal councils. Okay. Uh, which means that there will be a zonal council for Madhya Pura with all the councillors of Madhya Pura and the citizens of Madhya Pura working together and making local decisions about uh, you know local development works or accountability and all of that this right. will be a, a remarkable new local governance intervention in bengaluru city so the ward committees for example the next level for the ward committee is the commission that is not sustainable that won't go anywhere we have 243 wards so the next level is the zonal council and then the, the zonal one thing that we should know is that the corporators uh, work together across party lines. The best example is the holdings and flex band that we see right now. Can you imagine? Satya election is less than ten days, uh, fourteen days away. You don't see banners. I don't, don't see. see, see holdings. I've
0: seen a few here and there, but not at the scale yeah, at which we used to compared see. Compared to
1: 2018, oh, never right? zero. And how did that happen? The corporators of the great corporators of BBMP, and I, I say great with respect, uh, came together in a in a show of unanimous unanimous decision making said that we don't want hoardings and banners in the city and they passed a BBMP resolution to do that. That means they have exercised their power as the city government. Now imagine that happening at a zonal level because the challenges of Madhya are very different from the west zone or the east zone, which are more old, old city kind of areas. So uh, local problems can only be solved locally. This is the mantra, right? All politics are local. This is another universal mantra. Local politics can be solved locally. People that are closest to the problem are best equipped. All of these things will get realized when the governance structures get percolated one level down. And this is going to happen as per the law. And already, if you notice, uh, Satya, in Bengaluru, we now have zonal commissioners. Apart yeah. from the the title of the BBMP commissioner has been changed quietly. He is now chief commissioner. Chief commissioner. He is not commissioner. He is chief commissioner. Why is the chief commissioner? Because there are eight other commissioners. They are the zonal commissioners. So this, these are also IS officers. And when their office is strengthened and their decision making budget reports, and he is telling, the current chief commissioner telling, don't ask me for permission. Don't ask me to sign everything. You please go sit in the thing. And what the zonal commissioner is telling him is, when we go to zonal office, people are not coming here. There's not much work for me to do there. So I'm coming back to the head office. So we are in this... In a transition in zone, people have not realized what happened because there is no corporators. You see, but once elections happen, new ward committees get formed. This is where I think the the golden period for civic activism in Bangalore is the BBMP election campaign period. That's um. when you put the demand for empowered decentralization out in the public. Media will be clear on that also because otherwise media is talking about hundred other things. But if you are in BBMP election, you will be able to talk about it. And I can't. Underline the importance of media, particularly print media. If print media keeps writing about decentralisation, what committees, better things. Whatever stage the what committees in Bangalore are today, are thanks to the print media. They have done phenomenal mm. work in in, in promoting what committees and writing about what committees and so on. Yep. Uh, though initially there was a lot of reluctance, so that is now bridge has been crossed. So what I I think is that the, using the BBMP election. See, election time is when the policy window shifts. The mm. the great, uh, what is that thing called? The overturn window. The over-turn ideas order. become acceptable from mm. unthinkable Popular. to acceptable, right? So that is the that is the zone that we have to find. And then it, it goes into that. A lot of corporators are now big fans of ward companies. You know why? Because they find that the ward companies are the way they can advertise the great work. They do a lot of good work too. And it goes unnoticed and only the beneficiaries know that work. But what about the rest of the ward and rest of the city? So ward companies give them a platform to showcase their work. So this is their incentive to make ward companies work. And everybody in the in the corporator ecosystem doesn't like the the power um, held by the MLAs, their mm-hmm. own party MLAs or any MLAs. So they are trying to come out, you know free themselves from this grip of the MLAs. So that's why, you know, we ought to be little smart about how to work this out and make the corporators mm-hmm. and ward committees work together. And the last thing is about, you know, like uh, what is that famous campaign called Occupy Wall Street, right? Uh-huh. You know Occupy, Occupy moment was going on for some time. I would say Occupy Ward committees, whether it is uh-huh. working, not working, engineer coming, not coming, go there every month, if 20, 30 people, Go to a ward committee in, in a matter of few iterations, it's going to start functioning. Today it is makes me sad and, and it feels like a failure to say this. There are many ward committees where there are more official sitting than citizens. Mm. This is also a reality of Bangalore. Yep, that is the biggest yeah? thing. So we talk a lot about citizen activism. Bangalore, has, so you know, you throw a stone, it'll hit an IT engineer or a civic activist. Not true. That numbers don't exist. Not everyone is going. It takes a lot of commitment to go to what company meeting on a Saturday and leaving your family or you know other hobbies aside. It is difficult. So you need to have a lot more people. So if if one week I slack and I don't go, you go and you don't go, I go, and that sort of thing need to happen. So more and more people need to be made aware of what companies, and each of us have to become like uh, that Amway model of bringing more people into what companies and you know, hope that the numbers will strengthen the ward committee as well. So those, those are the things I think need to happen in the five years and strengthening of uh, basic things like a good ward office, Satya. Uh, having a good office space uh, for the ward where the o- office level officials are meeting and there's a conference room for citizens to meet makes a huge difference on the quality of the ward. Yeah. Otherwise, one month meeting is in Kalyanamantapa next month in the park. You know, this kind of stuff happens too. So we need to have a place, you have a BBMP office, you have a Vidhan Saudha, Vikas Saudha. I would say the ward office is more important than Vikas Saudha. Let's build ward offices. Let's build beautiful yep. ward offices in every place. And that becomes the place for governance and congregation of active citizens. And it also is a it's, it makes it inclusive and respects the diversity of our population. We, we don't see women so. in the ward committees as much as we should. We don't see people from the lower economic backgrounds. They all exist. They all work, but they don't necessarily come together. They say that if I come to what company, they don't let me talk. They they told me this, right? So how do you you have to overcome this thing? So those those of us that have the voice and agency should make sure that others have that too. Instead of uh, hogging the uh, limelight yeah, or might. the mic, you might you should you should get the okay. We didn't hear from that particular area this month. Can you talk about your problems or your, uh, your concerns? And we need to go from grievance redressal to planning and visioning of the next year. This is the switch. You need to go from reporting problems to envisioning the state of your ward. And some mm-hmm. wards are already there. I, please, it makes me very happy to say that some wards are already there and, That's and imagining nice, yeah. how their ward should be and all of that. And they will lead the, they will lead the city and more, soon more and more wards will get into that. The city budget should become something commonly understood. Everybody mm. knows... Nirmala Sitaraman wore red color sari and made halwa before coming to make the budget. State finance minister presents budget. Every TV channel is showing all that. The city's budget is made. Hardly a peep is made. Nobody knows when the city budget came and gone. But that is the budget that's going to determine your uh, entire year of life. So the importance given to city budget need to dramatically increase. And people like you with the forum and platform should talk more about municipal finances, city budget. Devolution of funds and uh, finance commissions, the state finance commissions—things that topics that are not often discussed, right? Yeah. I think uh, those are the things that uh, you know people like you and I can do to uh, create the collective understanding of uh, city governments.
0: On that note, uh, I do t- talk about that, but to a specific set of public policy audience. Now is the time to bring it to the general public, demystify finances. Uh, and bring all of these points one by one. So that's a good note to come back on next time and talk about those things sure. with the right set of people. Uh, but this was very enlightening. So, you know, I think uh, we are all better off now understanding what we can do and where the what committee is and where what the status is and where we can go from here. Thank you for uh, coming on the uh, show. And uh, I'd like to, again, uh, request people to like, subscribe share watch these things understand more ask questions comment and uh, engage better not just on the youtube but also physically in the what committees
1: thank you satya for doing this really commendable that you are bringing these conversations and uh, all the best to uru labs and i hope everyone subscribes and follows this wonderful work
0: thanks for the shout out bye